Welcome to Stokes County Boys, a podcast in which two friends discuss the place and things that made them who they are and who they're not. As always, it's me, Philip, joined here by my good friend Patrick. How you doing? All right, all right. This is our first live show, Philip. Yes. In case you're wondering, we are <laughs> sitting in a garage. It's raining, so you may hear the, the rain on the gutter, but we are spaced out in a garage. This is our first face-to-face in-person, well, us being in-person, not over Zoom podcast and to do so to mark such an occasion we had to bring a guest second time guest he's our friend that likes oasis it's zach hello 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 and he likes other things so don't worry about that remember from the millionaire city williamsport pennsylvania go built out <laughs> <laughs> okay awesome or patrick you got something to lead us off today. Oh, I was just wondering, Philip. You know, every time we bring a guest on to our show, we talk about their hometown and and you know that magic million dollar question. No pun intended with the, our buddy here and the the Williamsport millionaires. But that million dollar question of uh, you know, you you get one restaurant in your hometown and one meal. What do you get? I thought maybe we could uh, have a little discussion on on what that might be for us, but I don't think we can limit ourselves to one meal. And so I was going to just throw it out there. Like, you know, you go back to Stokes County right now, what are you going to eat? Since you're not limited us to two meals, I'm going to go to one place, but have two meals. I'm going to Stratford barbecue. Okay. And one reason I want to go, I want to go there for breakfast for their biscuits. They always had great sausage biscuits. So I'm going to get a sausage biscuit and we're going to get one of those little packages of grape jelly. You plop that on the sausage, it makes a, a night, mighty fine biscuit meal for breakfast as you're driving to Mount Airy to Shelton Church of the Brethren on Sunday morning. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I'm doing. And then I'm getting that barbecue plate for lunch. I'm just going back there. Was it, or maybe I'm just going to sit there with the old timers, not old timer, but old timers, you know, chow down on some Stratford barbecue. All right, all right. So, so, but, you know... You clearly said it's going to be a Sunday, so uh, you mean you're going all the way to Mount Airy? You're not going to get the snappy lunch pork chop sandwich? Uh, no, because um, I, th- I was sticking to King, that's why. But I could get that pork chop sandwich. I, I have to admit, um, you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to do that because I know you want to go to snappy lunch. Zach, I'm going to Speedy Chef, which was a local joint in Mount Airy that has great burgers, like just awesome like burger and fry joint called the speedy chef they had the same like tables and chairs and wood paneling for since they probably had since i think my dad said they renovated it in the 70s and they i don't think they have since if that place is still open that's where i'm going i don't even know if it's still open right now well it's interesting philip um you know my my dad was an avid hunter and and he would take me when i was a kid and i i couldn't tell you for the life of me where exactly in surrey county we would go Right. But, you know, it was it was, you know, one of his friend's parents land. Um, they had tree stands set up. They had, uh, you know, corn piles out and all that. And actually, that's where I I actually shot a deer there once. But, uh, you know, um, the we would go to a place called the Squeeze Box. But I don't know if that was the real name of the place. <laughs> OK, but it was you, you go in there. It's 5 a.m. And the whole place is just filled with hunters that are getting ready to go out in the woods for the day. Oh, okay. And I, you know, I need to, I need to know, Philip. Maybe one of our, our listeners can help us or something here. Uh, I need to know if, because I mean, Philip, we're talking. This is thirty years ago. Yeah, yeah. Which scares me a little bit that I'm not exaggerating <laughs> that this was thirty years ago. Right, right. Uh, but I, I want to know if the squeeze box is still there and if uh, that was that was the real name. name. Yeah. But you know, I remember going in and. You know, it, it was almost like a little trailer type place. I mean, it was it was like a very small, very compact, but great breakfast. And I'm not even a breakfast person typically, because with the exception of being eight, nine, ten years old, my dad waking me up to go sit in the woods, being still and quiet, which was always my uh, a very big strength of me, a, a very very big strength of mine as a kid and now. Um, <laughs> You know, I never really ate breakfast, but I, I remember the squeeze box having some absolutely phenomenal breakfasts over the years. Awesome. Well, thanks for that, Patrick. I, I wanted to go back to something that Philip had said earlier when he described putting grape jelly on his uh, oh yeah breakfast biscuit. For us uh, folks that are from above the Mason-Dixon line, we may not really understand the, the purpose of putting a, a jelly on one of our breakfast biscuits. 
Yeah, so it, it may sound kind of odd. I don't know if you've tried this, Patrick, but try it, please. It's that salty sweet. You got a super salty, you know, sausage patty. You put a little grape jam on it. It's actually very good. I believe it's really good. I just, as someone who grew up in another part of the country, that is yeah. not what uh, what local fare would look like in other well, places. I've heard other people mention it before on other podcasts and stuff, and then one person would say it, and they're from the South, and then the other person who's not is just like, what are you talking about? And you got to trust me on that one. I'm just, I challenge everybody out there listening, if you haven't tried it, it's the sausage and jelly sandwich. <laughs> it's got to be grape jelly. I'm saying it's got to be that grape jam that comes in those little, uh, you know, plastic containers that have the little foil strip that you rip off and do you have a preference between welches and uh smuckers no it don't matter i mean i mean i'm a i'm a smuckers boy but um i i'll I'll go welches if i have to patrick well i think i think it's like the like you said the salt and the sweet you know like the people that stick their fries in the frosties that's right yeah that's good too you know you can't uh can't drink it you can't drink it with a straw Oh Lord, that's funny. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. My, Zach, my grandpa. Back when Wendy's was kind of the place for grandmas and grandpas to go eat, that was that their fast. I mean, that was their turn. Yeah. Um, well, a lot of Sundays you were talking about after church Sundays. If ever I went to lunch with my grandma, my mom's mom, we were going to Wendy's. <laughs> but yeah, go yeah, ahead. No, Sorry. It, uh, my grandpa, it, it became a joke for, for years and years because whenever we would go to Wendy's, it, we'd get a Frosty, and he would always go through the same routine about how he, he would get a little animated and not upset, but a but little bit more boisterous than normal, talking about how they always give you a spoon and a straw for it, but you can't eat it with a straw. You got to eat it with a spoon. You can't eat it with a straw, Zach. You can't eat it with a straw. And so that became a thing with, with Philip and me for the longest time because, you know, Philip has... has known my family for yeah. years not just we haven't just known each other but we we grew up together we know each other's families very well too and so I've that's been always to... been a running joke whenever we talk about frosties yeah um, it comes up yeah. as it just did every oh, yeah. time and it's always um, funny at least to us <laughs> yeah, well, I, I got a kick out of it yeah it, it's it's funny now to go back we we've mentioned the dario before yeah. um the hot dogs at dario were always so freaking good and it's it's interesting when you talk about hot dogs because i mean you don't really think of hot dogs being uh, you know every hot dog's good is they're all the same you know no they're not they're really not dario won a couple of contests for a while it was like the best hot dog in the area um i never had a bad meal at dario and originally if I, i'm not mistaken i think that they specialized more on like the ice cream side of things yeah you know? i i will say i rarely ate meals there which is kind of weird I always went, at least when I go with my parents younger, we would always just go for ice cream. It was just something. But later on, like when I was like a teenager or something, I'd pick up food more there. So I don't have that memory like some people do about the food and the hot dogs there, but definitely about the the ice cream, like you were saying. But well, it's still good. And and you know, you and I, I believe the last time that I ate there was the last time you ate there about a year and a yeah. half ago. Yeah. We we went and uh. You know, I was going on probably somewhere between 36 and 40 hours without sleep. But I remember very much like, this, this is really good. <laughs> this is a good meal. I'm, like, I'm, I'm glad I'm eating this right now. My mom is a big fan of Little Italy. I've only eaten there a handful of times, but but I, I hear that that's a pretty big, in King, a pretty, pretty big place that people like to go to yeah. a lot now. And that place opened, Zach, when we were in high school. I've actually been to Little Italy oh, in Stokes right. County. You did. There was uh, a time we went hiking on on Hanging Rock, and about we, ten years ago. Yes, yeah. that is right. And that's and it was I'm, delicious. Well, I have to say, since then, since I'm becoming old, your body changes. And about five years ago, I became uh, like I got a, a dairy allergy, and so I have to be really cognizant. And the one thing I will knock Little Italy for one thing: there's cheese on everything. And so the last time I went there, I think I went with my parents. I was just like, well, I'm getting sick tonight. So <laughs> it was good, but, you know, I paid for it. Well, later. sometimes you got to make that choice, you know, yeah, and yeah, especially yeah. that part of the the state when you get the best barbecue 
the Lexington style barbecue. Right. You you know you're in for a fun evening, but it's totally worth it. It's totally worth it. You got to make sure there's a McDonald's on the way home. <laughs> you sure you want to go there? <laughs> I do not. I did want to talk about uh, your little Italy here um, to show how avid a listener I am. I do recall your friend saying that they have a prime rib special. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, that I you guess should hit up sometime. I, I bet that doesn't have cheese on it, Philip. Yeah, shout out to Andrew Voss. That's right. I, I can only go there on, on one one occasion. He's coming up a lot now. I think. He's, oh yeah. He's the Andrew Voss is our spirit animal of the Stokes County Boys. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, last few times I've been up to see my mom, Philip. I've gone to Town and Country. Which yeah. It's a. It's been a standard staple for years and years and years. And, and you know that's another place. I, they've expanded it a lot to since when we were in middle and high school, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's another place that's always absolutely phenomenal. It, you know, you mentioned Strap for Barbecue. That's, they have really good chicken sandwiches, which, okay. you know, I, I've always liked that kind of circular chicken patty. Yeah. deep yeah. fried. Yeah. Like, oh, love that. The ones we'd have at the, the cafeteria at school, even though, you know, it was cafeteria food at school, but it was pretty good. It wasn't well, bad. Let's, let's, let's talk about cafeteria food at school for a second, Philip. Um, and but before we do, I, I do want to throw a, a couple of other shout outs to some restaurants. So um Danbury, it was the Purple Cow Cafe. Yeah. And they closed down. And I remember that being a really big deal when it closed down because it was a heartbreak for a lot of people. Because mm-hmm. it was a great little mom and pop place, you know. Yeah. Um yeah. And, but you know, also speaking of Danbury, I, I believe it was the Dan River restaurant we would stop at a lot on our way to Hanging Rock. Right. Um, yeah. You know, Hanging Rock, and and for anybody that's never been, God, it's it's an easy hike, but it's a beautiful, beautiful area, and the scenery is just gorgeous. And you know, on a clear day, you can see Greensboro. Right. It's a it, and it just this time of year, you know, in the fall also when the leaves start to change, absolutely gorgeous, and you know, it pairs perfectly with a, a good meal, you know, out especially at a mom and pop place in the Stokes County. You know, shout out to Walnut Cove too. You know, uh, Sam's. Yeah, we went there a lot. That was the place to go. Sam's is one of those places, though. Every time you go there, you see somebody you know. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, it, it's it, it, that's always a double edged sword. Sometimes you just want to go, kind of be anonymous, sit down, and just eat. Well, you don't go to Sam's when you want to do that. Can't do that there. Even Patrick, though, um, that food is great. Yeah, Zach, did you have any places like that where you grew up? Oh gosh, yeah. Um, so, being down here for what close to. 12 years now, the local fair is a lot different. So you're much more, you know, meat centric kind of barbecue, especially pork barbecue and uh, a lot of, um, you know, Southern style, you know, greens and biscuits and that kind of stuff. Where I'm from, I grew up in a place where it was predominantly like Eastern European immigrants that, that moved there okay. around, you know, the, the turn of the 20th century. And uh, so lots of Italian, yeah, like hybrid with Polish and a little bit of, um, you know, more Eastern European kind of stuff. So you got like pierogies and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I was about to Italian ask, we did not grow up. I didn't know what a pierogi was until like college. And I was just like, oh man, these things are great. Do you Change know about pierogies? <laughs> yeah. Have you seen these things? <laughs> yeah. It's bread with potatoes inside. It's amazing. And I, the one thing I love about pierogies, which is actually more of um, what I like about dumplings in general, is that every culture has their own dumpling. Yeah. And you know, oh, yeah. pierogi is just another form of a dumpling. And I just, I find the dumpling to be like a really good uh, cultural artifact from wherever you're at. And um, so that's one of the cool things I like about pierogies. But our, um, going back to your original question, our Italian food? Yeah. Unbelievable. Okay unbelievable um and then there were lots of you know every block had its own um hoagie shop Mm -hmm. so it was like hoagie shop gas station church hoagie stop gas station church like every block oh and then there's a bar on each one too but uh yeah so hoagies like you could just walk down the street so there was a place that was a block away from us we would walk down every uh at least once or twice a week when we were kids you know seven eight we would walk down to melito sub shop Put five dollars down on the table and get like a whole uh, sixteen-inch hoagie or something like that. We get all split. And what was great about Melitos was that 
uh, Mary Melito. We called her Mom Melito. She was like the, uh, I don't know, like the patron godmother of the neighborhood. And uh, so we would, uh, whatever we had changed, we would shove it underneath a little floor mat by the uh, Pac-Man machine. And the next time we come in, it would always be underneath there. So if we were short, we could always count on having our little piggy bank underneath the uh, the mat that we had underneath the Pac-Man machine. Now, was this a, a true Pac-Man or was it a Ms. Pac-Man? It was a Ms. Pac-Man. Yeah. I will say, I, I think just based on distribution, the Ms. Pac-Man was more ubiquitous than the Pac-Man, Patrick. I have no opinion on, on the matter. <laughs> well, what do you think about Donkey Kong Jr.? No. Donkey Kong Jr. was far better than... (laughs) (laughs) Right on. Well, appreciate that, Zach. Thanks for sharing that. Do you remember Chicken Pie Day? Of course I do. Does Zach know about... Uh, Zach, you you have. have. You've been around us. You have to know about Chicken Pie Day. I do know about Chicken Pie Day. I love Chicken Pie. And you... uh, Philip, you have to take what Zach just said. He loves Chicken Pie... Because I've made him chicken pie based on what you and I had in that school cafeteria. Yeah, so this is not just like, when you talk about cafeteria food, you know, you're thinking of like Aramark, uh, mass-produced, highly processed food. And we would get that just like everybody else did. We had the rectangular pizza. We had the, the hamburgers that... Shout out to the nachos. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nachos <laughs> with the uh, radioactive nacho cheese, you know, things like that. But Patrick... Was it once a month? Once a month. It was at about least, once a month. About once a about month, once a we month. had Chicken Pie Day. Tell us about that, Patrick. And, well, and, and it's important to distinguish chicken pie is not chicken pot pie. There's there no, go. like, peas and carrots in these. I mean, this is this is a a, a milk broth based uh, with with real chicken in a pie crust. I mean, and, and that's... On top, yeah. You know, pretty much it. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful, beautiful dish. But, um, you know, there was a lady in, in Stokes County that made these. And I, I, I might be mistaken, but I believe that it was actually her that was supplying them to, you know, I mean, this was like a home-cooked meal for students. I mean, I yeah, believe she yeah. was supplying them to the school. But about once a month, it'd be chicken pie day. And everybody knew. I mean, you, it, Zach, I can't tell you, like, this was... Like a home cooked meal in school, and with the gravy, it, it was just a glorious day. Now, I remember, you know, because you know Philip and I both went to South Stokes High School, and then when West Stokes High School was built in 1999, we both jumped over there. And speaking of restaurants in King, um, you know, we were two of the first patrons of the new at the time Taco Bell. That's right. Yeah, that yeah. was a big deal. Yeah, it yeah. was. It was a very big deal. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's funny. We talk about Taco Bell when there's all these much better restaurants. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. But back to, to And when that Wendy's, woke, that Wendy's uh, opened. When the Wendy's opened, th- that was like that's, game over. Th- that's Wikipedia worthy right there. It, it we got to put that on be. the... Yeah. I, it should be right up in there like with 2000, <laughs> whenever 2000, the Wendy's opened. Yeah, well, right. it, for, you know, for the current patrons of cookout in stokes county as big a deal as that was that was what wendy's was for us back in the late 90s but yeah. you know so please let's let's get that on that wikipedia page yeah. somebody the, out there please. the editor out there listening you've you've been assigned yes all right chicken so, pie day chicken now pie this day. is another thing that should go into the that uh king north carolina uh wikipedia page perhaps well they're legendary yes but go ahead the thing about the chicken pie day that was so amazing at that first year that West Stokes opened, and I, I don't know about what was going on at South at the time or if North Stokes got to, to benefit from this most amazing dish. At West Stokes, they actually had to, administration actually had to step in because teachers were letting kids out for lunch early because the lines for Chicken Pie Day would be so long. And the teachers would be in the lines too. Yeah, I mean, this was it was a big. You don't deal. pack a lunch but, on chicken you know, pie. It's like, hey, let's let's let everybody out five minutes early, and we can make sure that we're in line first. We can get through. And all, you know, they actually had to multiple times come on the intercom, talk about you know, hey, make sure you're adhering to the schedule. Blah blah blah. You know what they really should have done. You know, all three of us have been involved directly with education uh, as professionals. Uh, what they really should have done is just extended lunchtime. And let yeah. us have this moment. I mean, we already, you only had 25 minutes for lunch already. Yeah. Give us, give us 35 at least. 
give us plenty of time <laughs> to sit back and enjoy this amazing meal while we're in school, which is rare that you say that in a public school, especially in North Carolina, because like Philip said, most of it's just this mass produced stuff. We still eat it. I still get nostalgic from time to time when I see a square piece of pizza. Yeah. Not sure what the pepperoni is made of. No. Don't know what animal or animals. Zach, did when you were um, when we were in elementary school, they always had hot dogs every single day for like those people that didn't want the other meal. Did you guys have any? What was your like school lunch experience like? So in elementary school, I really didn't eat a whole lot of school lunches. I was a I packed my lunch. But uh, if if I did, it was usually a chicken nugget day or a pizza day. But I do remember that you had your main choice and then the alternative was always peanut butter and jelly. So there wasn't oh, wow. multiple like real entrees. It was either you get what they made that day or you get a peanut butter and jelly. Well, on a good day, just remember, it's chicken pie day. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back with more garage talk. I guess I don't know. Oh, one last thing before we get back to the show. Please go to our Anchor website at anchor.fm slash scboys slash support, and you can support the show for as little as 99 cents per month. What do you get in return? Well, the show keeps going. And the other thing, any supporter will get a shout-out on the show, so you'll be entered into the record of the Stokes County Boys. And also, if you'd like, we'll reach out to you, and you can choose the topic of a future episode. Thanks in advance for your support. Now back to the show. If we didn't get breakfast at Stratford, we'd go to Hardy's. And they always had pretty good biscuits. You know, we would get breakfast at Hardy's because my dad liked the hash browns. Mm. But I... I, I never really thought they were anything, but then, like, um, there was twice in 10 years, and both times I had the same motives. I had seen a Hardee's commercial, and I thought, oh, my God, this looks great. But then in the back of my mind, I'm like, this is never good. Like, they're, like It's Hardee's. It's Hardee's. Like, don't, <laughs> don't be deceived by this luscious vixen, this siren of the sea that is calling me with her tunes. Like... I go and I eat, and I'm like, oh my God, this is terrible. And then I go and do it again for yeah. the exact, like, I didn't yeah. learn. Like, and Philip, I drove by a Hardee's the other day and I almost stopped. <laughs> you will not <laughs> learn I, your like, lesson. I hope that this is a sign that I've learned. <laughs> yeah. Well, growing up, I never ate at a Hardee's, like, if it wasn't breakfast. But we would eat breakfast, and it was cool. Like, back in the day, you get the breakfast, you could get one of those little, California raisin figurines. Those are come. Those came from Hardee's. Were they Hardee's? Mm-hmm. So this makes me think of uh, like growing up where I grew up. We didn't have all of the same like national chains that yeah. everybody else had. Okay. So like you'd be watching, I don't know, Saturday morning cartoons or something, and a Hardee's commercial would come on. And you'd be like, "What's a Hardee's?" Yeah. Because I never even see one. And even does Carl's Jr. actually exist? Because I know it's like attached to Hardee's, but. I've never seen the Carl's Jr. Chick-fil-A was another one. Never saw oh, Chick-fil-A, yeah. Applebee's, anything like that. Have you ever eaten, either of y'all ever eaten at a Carl's Jr.? Nope. Me neither. I, I saw, I mean, you see them, all, all it is is like west of the Mississippi, they become Carl's Jr., but oh. it's the same stuff. Yeah. Last thing with this, Philip, I don't know if you guys are aware, one year ago today in Durham, the McRib sandwich made its reappearance. Oh, okay. Yeah, Patrick's a big McRib boy. He's a McRib well, we need to aficionado. Save, we need to save that for another episode. Yeah, that, that's a preview take, for, yeah. I will take forever, but it is this, the best That sandwich. might be your solo show if I, if I miss one. It's just going to be Patrick if, if talking need, talking an hour about the glory of the McRib. If and, I need to do a, a, a monologue, <laughs> if I need to, <laughs> to do a solo show, that's what it's going to be about because it is the best sandwich in the history of mankind, hands down, period, done. If I go to... The electric chamber tomorrow, 
and they give me one last meal. Give me a McRib sandwich. But they have to bring back the orange high sea at McDonald's. Why don't you take it away? It's no coincidence, Zach, that they did this with the global pandemic. Like, like as soon as they took orange high sea away from McDonald's, the global pandemic happens. That's Tell Patrick's, me that that's coincidence. That's Patrick's uh, conspiracy theory. There's other, you know, you might be like some kind of 9-11 truther or into like QAnon. Patrick, Patrick doesn't believe that. He knows that's like hooey and that's that's false. But... He will get into some strange uh, machinations and Machiavellian schemes to to ruin his uh, McRib plus uh, high C orange. I respect that. Now, here's the thing. Field day at our elementary school, the coolers, you know, when you're thirsty, and this is probably late 80s, early 90s, and probably didn't happen much after that. McDonald's furnished those coolers, and not only did it have the big M on the cooler, but that had high C orange in there. No water to be had. Just <laughs> thirsty kids getting thirstier with that high fructose corn syrup. How can anybody have anything bad to say about Stokes County after you've heard about Chicken Pie Day and orange high C in Gatorade coolers? For your field day. Well, Zach, that's he's leaving out the best part. With field day, they would actually grill out. Like, oh. like we would have burgers yeah. or, or hot dogs or whatever. Like, people would actually grill out, you know, and, and that was field day. And the middle school, it got epic with the, the kickball tournaments. Yeah, those are... I'm not going to yeah, say my teacher, Philip, because it, I, I don't want to throw her under the bus with education and all that being, the you know, in, in the spotlight as much as it is. We skipped science for a good week to practice for that field day <laughs> kickball tournament. But, Zach, we won... And not Maybe only you were studying physics, right? Let's go with that. They, they had to make a rule not to wear cleats because of my class. But uh, <laughs> we won. We, we won without cleats, Philip. And and you know we actually took out those seventh grade champions too, because the champion of the seventh grade and eighth grade played it. We took out. You know what? I miss these days. I miss those competitive natures. Those were good. That was like, fun. That was a great yeah. field day. Bring good. back field day like that with, with McDonald's sponsoring and, and Orange High C and kickball tournaments and skipping science because clearly science is not important in this day and age. Well, all right. Well, hearing you guys talk about field day makes me kind of sad because again, a regional thing. I, I didn't really know field days were a Ooh. big thing until I moved down to North Carolina. We certainly wow. didn't do them in elementary school. We did sort of do them in middle school, but it was a real like traditional track and field day you had to go outside <laughs> you had to run you, heats <laughs> you, you, you did you had races you had discus throw you had shot put um there was a softball game i think that was attached to it but uh yeah this was a legit field day and also at one of our field days i think it was eighth grade field day a couple of my buddies uh they they created their own event and they found like the the smallest uh, friend that they had in their circle of friends and they decided well, we should see who can throw so-and-so the farthest <laughs> and uh, they turned out they could throw her pretty far and she ended up breaking a collarbone oh my oh god, my god. Well, they did have pierogies, but they didn't have field day. So I think we're coming out on top right now. Oh, Patrick. I absolutely are. Are you sure? Because pierogies They're I, I, so versatile Chicken pie Chicken pie day. I seed it I don't know if you caught this on the Beatles one. The it, it came across as you double tracked, but like, I but but I absolutely loved it because that's straight up linen. I know <laughs> it works exactly what, what linen did. Lennon, yeah, I'm listening. I'm like driving in my car listening to this. And did like, you know? You know, speaking <laughs> of that about the John Lennon double tracking, that figures in on the um, the Nevermind recordings. Do you yeah. know this, Zach? Yeah. I do not know. This. So, uh, who who produced that? I don't know his name. Um, but, but oh my god, I have to look it up because it's like a big producer that produced Nirvana's Nevermind. Butch Vig, that guy. I was gonna say Butch Vig. Yeah, it was. It was either. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So Butch Vig produced Nevermind, the Nirvana, the mega album, right? And um, he he told Kurt Cobain when they were they were ta- they were recording, he was like. I think I might want to double track your vocals. And he goes, no, nah, I don't want to do that. That I don't want it like overproduced. I want it real simple. Cause they were like, you know, want to be like punk rock or whatever, mm-hmm. that kind of mentality of you just kind of record it live. We'll do it live. 
But he, all he had to do, anytime anything like that, like double tracking the vocals, he goes, well, John, John Lennon did it. And he'd go, okay, we'll do it. Yeah. So that's how he, that was how he was able to convince him to do that. Philip, what was the show? I believe it was VH1. May have been MTV. I, I think it was VH1, but the, where they did the like deep behind dive the into music. the... It wasn't behind the music, though. It was, oh, it was the it, album. Oh, like yeah. The ultimate album. Classic or, albums. Okay. And, and it was originally on VH1 Classic. Sometimes they have them on Amazon Prime. Really? But that's, that's where that is from. Okay. I remember seeing that. Have you seen any of those, Zach? Not on Amazon Prime, but I do remember the classic album. They would have them sometimes. I love it. Those are so good. Well, the one with Nirvana yeah. was just, it blew my mind because you got that behind the scenes look at the original tracks. And, you know, Philip, like you're talking about, oh, Lennon did it. And so, oh, yeah, 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 okay. The, what was just mind blowing to me for that was when they played the raw vocals of Kirk Cobain with Dave Grohl doing that harmonization, you know, higher yeah, yeah, than, yeah, than yeah. The, the melody. And and just listening to those double-tracked vocals, the melody and harmonies, you know, so you're, you're listening to like four tracks going. Yeah, and yeah. just the way that their voices blended was absolutely gorgeous. And the way that, you know, how how, how did the stars align for, for John Lennon and Paul McCartney to meet in Liverpool all those years ago, right? How did the stars align that the vocals of Kurt Cobain would mesh so well with the vocals of Dave Grohl? Right, like, and he wow. was a last-minute replacement of their original drummer, kind of like Ringo, who they kind of shoehorned in right before they started recording. Actually, "Love Me Do" the original recording was with uh, was Pete Best, right? I don't, I don't know if it was the original recording. Well, they recorded with Pete Best, and they didn't like it. Huh. The George Martin was like, "You got to get somebody else to play drums," <laughs> and that's when they kind of got Ringo in. But yeah, it's it, it's crazy. Another one that's awesome of that classic albums is it's a Queen album. I think it's a Day at the Races because they show those they they have the guys in the studios and they have the masters, so they're like isolating tracks. And they're just isolating Freddie Mercury's vocals and his harmonies, like harmonizing with himself. And it's incredible. Or just hearing like Brian May's guitar, like isolated guitar. I don't know why that's not like standard practice for every oh, I love it. You know, artistic exploit there is. Like just a a behind the scenes, you know, documentary that just I mean, how cheap is it to produce something like that? You just put a bunch of cameras in there and just let them roll. And pick out the best stuff. Like I that. do it all day. I mean, if I could pay a little bit extra for every album I buy, that I could just have a computer program where I can listen to the song, and if I have all the little instruments, and I can just like click and turn them on and turn them off, that would be the greatest thing of all time. <laughs> we, part of it, again, was me coming of age listening to the Beatles. The, yeah. The, when the Beatles anthology came out and getting to hear like those behind the scenes raw or like original takes or like, oh, I love that. Um, You know, I was actually talking to a fella uh, yesterday. We were talking a little bit about Smashing Pumpkins and, and we were talking about, um, you know, Siamese Dream. We were talking about, correct me if I'm wrong, but was it Earphoria? Was that the name of the... You know the album. It was like a behind the scenes, but they they were like acoustic. But it, it was along with a video that they put out called I, I think it was View for You because I want to say it was View for You and Ear for You, but like it was like a, a DVD that you could watch. Okay. But but like you know the soundtrack of that was Ear for You. But you know you got alternate was that, versions. Was that Smashing Pumpkins? Yeah. Oh, I, I'm yeah, not yeah. familiar with that. Yeah. You you got like a. I don't want to say demo because it wasn't a demo. It was more just like an acoustic version when they're all hanging in the park together. And but but it was really really cool to hear the alternate takes from these songs that we know and love so well. Because you know, like you think Chera Brock immediately. I, I, I see it in both of your eyes because we're in person for this podcast episode. Yeah. I see it. Like, y'all immediately heard that opening riff. Like, imagine that on acoustic with oh. the drummer playing with uh, brushes. Like, so good. So good. But if you, if you like those behind-the-scenes, like, album cuts and stuff, 
I got to see if I can dig it up. But I have this DVD from, I think it's called Whiskey on a Sunday. It's it's the flogging. Oh Molly. yeah, I I yes oh. yes. I it, it, it so had good. like a it was a two thing. It had like a uh-huh. DVD and a and and a a CD with it. Yeah. yeah, that was like the breaking point of like where, you know, flogging Molly was just amazing, and then it just kind of. Yeah, that, what happened with that? Like, I think "Within a Mile of Home" was a really good album, and then after that, it was just yeah. no, 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 no. It wasn't that. It was "Float." "Float" was their last good album. Yeah, so it was. It was, and that was swagger, like "Swagger," and then "Within." Yeah, "Swagger," "Drunken Lullabies." Their third album is "Within a Mile of Home." Their fourth one's "Float." Yes, that one I think was probably. I mean, drunken lullabies is kind of like a. Um, for me, that's like a, uh, a like a sentimental or nostalgic favorite. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Float, I think, musically and just songwriting wise, is their best album to me. And then the one that came after that, it was a stinker. Yeah, Speed of Darkness or whatever it was called. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Not yeah, yeah. good. They kind of went down. Have you seen Flogging Molly live? Yes, twice. Okay. So, have you? Like, what year did you see them live? Ooh, I saw them. I saw them in two thousand four. Uh huh. On Van's Warp Tour. Okay. So that was a thirty-minute set, and then I saw them in Charlotte at like uh, I forgot the pl- that name of that place. Charlotte. When did I see them in Charlotte? It was it was in college, so it was like oh, you were two thousand three, two thousand four. Yeah, so it was probably two thousand three. So I just. I drove that night, and we stopped at the Jack in the Box. Oh, you were, yeah, you were like, we're in Charlotte, we're going to the Jack in the yes, Box. Yes. But, uh, yeah, so you might not, I don't know if you know this, but Patrick probably does. When I was in college, I had the best job ever, and I sold concessions at the Electric Factory in Philadelphia. Oh, nice. And the Electric Factory, if you don't know what it is, is like a 2,000 to 2,500 standing room only kind of concert venue. It's probably bought by Clear Channel now and, and sucks, <laughs> right. but whatever. <laughs> iHeartRadio. But uh, but I would you know flip burgers and sell hot dogs at these shows every weekend from my freshman year all the way through my senior year. And I would see so many bands come through. But I made it a point to take the flogging Molly dates off so I could be <laughs> in the crowd. And here's what was great about it was since I worked there, I knew all the bartenders. Yeah. And so even though not technically 21, so you can edit that if you want to, but you walk in and you, you put 40 bucks in the tip jar, you're good to go for the night. And I was getting in for free because I knew the bouncers that were working there. And they're like, oh yeah, come on in. So 40 bucks for a concert, all you can drink, flogging Molly. It's, it was a transcendent experience. It's like the best concert going experience that you could ever have. And I wish that somebody in 2020 could have that experience that I had in 2004, 2005. Cause by far it was my favorite live kind of experience ever. So Zach, I saw, you know, Philip and I've talked about it. the interrupters are my go-to band right now. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've seen them in a, in a venue like the cat's cradle. I've also seen them in like, uh, you know, the epicenter festival, you know, so like two very different, mm-hmm. You know things. I, I think that seeing a band like Flog and Molly, like like Phil, like you and I did in uh, in Charlotte, Tremont I, Music Hall. I just thought of it. Tremont. That's, I don't yeah. know if it's still around, but that's what it was called then. Um, seeing a band like that at a venue that's smaller and more intimate, it's a different experience, and it's it's. Mm-hmm. A, I don't want to say it's more powerful. Oh, it is. I think so. Well. <laughs> There's something to be said about like the pyro and the big flashing lights and all that, yeah, you know. It, yeah. It, yeah, but they're like, okay, this is going to completely jump genres, but just bear with me. I'm 20 years old in New York City, and I go to Greenwich Village to the Blue Note to see Arturo Sandoval play trumpet. I did not know who he was. I probably should have, but I wasn't a jazz guy at the time. You know, I, I, I had very limited experience. I had no idea what I was doing, but I'm so glad I did it because I'm sitting here in this world famous venue, a college kid in Greenwich village 
where they don't card, so I'm really enjoying myself, but in a classy way like this setting would be, you know. Um, and I'm looking at this dude 20 feet away from me that's a Grammy Award-winning musician, and, and you know, it, it spoke to me on such a personal level that it caused me to go out and do more research on who the bleep did I just see because that was like unreal that was i i want to know more that's inspiring mm -hmm. and and you know zach getting back to what you said i do hope there's people out there and you know again pandemics shutting off live music right now and it it sucks because like there's bands out there there's musicians out there that we want to hear but we want to hear live because they're going to inspire us to connect with that beyond yeah. with what we you want to you want to feel the music because like a live performance, you feel that music pass through your body. Mm -hmm. It rattles your rib cage. You know, I'll just say like this morning, this Saturday morning, we, <laughs> our house, our family, we we watched a live stream of a live concert of BTS, the Korean boy band. <laughs> we watched it at six a.m. because in Korea it was eight p.m. And it was a cool show, and it was a cool thing to just like say, "Well, we we went, we watched this live concert that like I think like a hundred million people around the world were watching too, which is incredible to think about. But it's not the same. It was like this was cool, and the whole time I'm telling my wife, I'm like, this would be an amazing thing to see live, like the production value and like the the song, like all the choreography and the the pyrotechnics and all this stuff, which they were planning to do. Basically, it was like the tour they were planning to do before the, the pandemic. And they're like, well, we put all this work into prepping this concert that we're going to play in stadiums around the world. We're just going to do it. But yeah, the, it doesn't replace the live experience like you were saying. And so like, there's something to be said, like a 2,000, 2,500 seat venue, you're going to see awesome stuff yeah. there. And it's a great size. I love it. Seeing ACDC in the Greensboro Coliseum, that's also something that's awesome. And, yeah. and I love to see as a kid going to like, you know, we would see stuff at Cat's Cradle before they expanded. They, they've really opened up to where they can pack a lot more people in. So maybe how many people could fit in there maybe at one time? Like three, oh, four hundred maybe? It, it was a low number. Yeah, when Cat's Cradle, before they expanded the, their their seating, or not seating, but standing, you would see awesome stuff there. You know, it, it, well, it, Philip, they, like, they all have something to offer. And kind of speaking specifically Cat's Cradle, the first show I ever saw was Sunday Real Estate there. Yeah. The and first, I, first show I saw there just, was Sunday Real Estate. Just to like, let you know that blowing. Cat's Cradle is like the venue in Carborough, North Carolina, which if you don't know, is right outside of Chapel Hill. So it you get amazing bands that come through there it's it's the best venue in chapel hill carborough region but it just just to give some context in case you don't know you but. should put a little uh link in the show notes or something send them a couple of bucks so they can make it through twenty. exactly yeah that's yeah. one place that we need to survive like local 506 which was owned by uh cat's cradle and and it's on franklin street in chapel hill it's it's a smaller venue it's also a great venue I don't know what's happening there. It looks just closed down, but um, but Cat's Cradle. I saw you know I saw like the Black Keys before they blew up playing there, and it was so good. We've seen so many just like great bands play through there. We saw like again the show when we saw Against Me there. Oh yeah, I mean w that was one show we were all going to go to. the The group of friends we have in in like late March we were going to see Against Me in Durham, and that didn't happen. And that's one of the you know, aside from Patrick's WrestleMania debacle, that's one of the well, other casualties we're, of. We're we're not going to go there tonight. Yeah, sorry. Um, it's still, still. I think I bring it up way too much more than you want. It's okay. Well, the wound's still fresh, and you just keep throwing salt in it. Well, the wound, will, the wound, get, not wound, right? They got that rock and roll sound. That's right. But uh, I will get to Mania. I will get to Mania at some point. And yes. we, you know, we'll All see. Right. Um, last show I saw at Cradle was in the back room because, you know, they opened up oh, that yeah. second venue, yeah. which quite honestly, I think that, I, I think that place has a better sound than even oh, really? the, the Cradle. Mm, I mean, that's, okay. 
you know, I mean, they're all using top-notch equipment. It's a great venue, regardless yeah. of which room you're in. But um, Stokes County to, boys love the Cat's Cradle. Let's keep that clear. Yes. Um, but got to see Jump Little Children. Oh, nice. Uh, Winston-Salem Band, you know, School yeah, of Arts, yeah, yeah. Where, where they met and did their thing there. And uh, I don't know if it was kind of like a last hurrah or if it was like a reunion. They, they played two of their former albums, like in the entirety. In their, you know, there was two sets. It was just start to finish. Forget how much I love that band too, but you know they were good. Yeah. They were a very solid band. We we saw them when I was at Elon University. They they performed one night mm-hmm. like outside, and uh, it was a great show. It, it was, was awesome. Yeah. But no, Philip. I, I think I, we I were the only people that knew who they were. <laughs> well, but but Elon would get bands like that. You know, like pretty decent bands to come pop in. Yeah. But Philip, I do have to say, like. I always love to come visit you at Elon. I, you know, I, I really liked your friends. Um, you know, I, I've even to this day, several of my friends now I met at Elon because of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have to say, I'm always going to hold it a little bit against you because of that real big fish concert that we had to see. <laughs> I had fun there. <laughs> I, I did not. I did not. Um, I, have you ever I, seen I real loved... big fish live? I have not seen real big fish live. Um, I'm gonna withhold anything I would say about real big fish until Patrick finishes, oh, so I don't they, like an I w- idiot. Let's just—I'm gonna describe the show in one word, <laughs> and then Patrick can go in depth. But I'm no, gonna I'm describe not, I, it. I don't want to get angry. I'm gonna describe it in one word, and it's antagonistic. Oh, they were goading the crowd to just hate them. <laughs> they were being heels. Oh, but, totally. But, not in a fun way. More like X-Pac heat hills, like <laughs> go away heat. <laughs> like they would go ten minutes and not play a song, and I don't like like seriously because there's one thing, and I, I really do appreciate good banter. You know, it, it, whether it's on stage or you know whether it's sitting in the garage, yeah, I really do appreciate. But but they did not want to be there. They clearly had. Nothing to say. They, they, you know. Before you go any further, was this one of those like the the college is paying this band to come here, so it's free for people that are there, or did you have to buy no, tickets? To we go? had to pay. It was something. It was cheap. It was like ten bucks. Yeah, it, it was. It was much. really. It was cheap. a nominal fee. It was really cheap, but but you know, with real big fish, it that was an indoor, and and I don't know. It was in the basketball where they play basketball. Okay, yeah, because it's know. not very big, but yeah. It, Zach, it was one of those places we're we're standing there just like, all right, what's going on? Yeah. And then they would just kind of chip back and forth a little bit, but it wasn't as it wasn't entertaining like you know, say the Gallagher brothers if they were on stage. You know, it, it was actually just like, what are you doing? Wait, when you say Gallagher, are you talking about like Liam and Noel? Oh, I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking the comedian. Oh no, no 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 no! We're not we're not talking squash and watermelons. I'm 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 doing an oasis throwback here. Yeah, you know, that okay, would have that would have been entertaining. Not necessarily. Right. I don't want to say good. or Even bad if they were it, arguing, it would have been, been entertaining. Yeah, yeah. This was just like you are completely wasting everybody's time. Oh, and they knew it too. Yeah, and they were they were yeah. The song when they would actually play a song, it was fine. But yeah, they it it was too there was there was too much like just kind of milling around. And trying to, like I said, antagonize the audience and make them hate them. And it worked. It, but, but, like, why? Yeah, why would you why? do that? If, if, you're a, if, you're, <laughs> if you're the Miz, or if you're, a, a, you know, if you're the Rock in his bad day, uh, yeah. of course that's what you want. John Cena was never a heel, but he, he, he got reaction. Roman Reigns got reaction. Of course, that's part of the show. In this case, just... Like we're here to hear you play music that clearly we would not be here if we didn't at least appreciate a little bit. Yeah. Like what are you doing? Like you're just wasting everybody's time and, and I don't even care about the ten bucks. That's not what it's about. But like the fact is, here we are almost twenty years later talking about this in a negative light. Is that yep. really what you want people to take away yeah, from that's your what we remember? My takeaway is that we need to um, have Philip formally invite the uh, Real Big Fish oh, onto the Stokes County that's Boys. That's a great. So they can issue a formal apology to the whole crowd that was in attendance at Elon University. Explain that yourself. Yeah. I, I want to go back and talk about Cat's Cradle real quick, just because. Yeah. 
My goodness, is that not the perfect music venue? Because any type of act can play there. Yeah. And it will just sound phenomenal. I mean, I've seen bands like Good Old War there. Oh, God. We were talking about, I mean, that was, it was a like a top 10 concert experience for me just watching these guys I'd never even really heard of before playing two acoustic guitars and just filling that place with just amazing music. I heard against me there, just rock your face off. Like yeah. you can't hear for the next week and alkaline trio, which is kind of a middle of the road. When we go there, they come by every two years. It's just such a great place to listen to music. Exactly. It's funny you say that. Cause uh, you're right. You, you get, phenomenal bands and i mean just i've never heard a bad I, I think part of it's the sound quality too of the, yeah. just the menu the equipment but uh and and of course it the the human being behind the mixer board that makes a big difference i, I truly should find that. out who that is and give them a shout out yeah well absolutely um we'll get them on the show know, well a lot of times you know bands bring their own too yeah, yeah. but but you know all that aside zach you said that it made me have a flashback you know my college roommate was also a musician and um he, what's the band's name that played the Bad Boys theme song? Bad Boys, Bad Boys, what you gonna do? Uh, oh my god, yeah. What is who, the name who are of that they? band? One of the things that is interesting as we're doing our first like live, in-person, socially distanced podcast tonight is that, you know, we, we're not just sitting behind a screen and so we can't just pop up Google really quick, you know, you know. Inner Circle. Inner Circle, okay. So, I believe it was like 96.1, or it, there was a local rock station back in, in the early 2000s that did a demo contest. It's like you, the band, you give your three-song demo, and if you're selected, you get to open for them at some festival that's happening in Raleigh. My roommate's band, Line 5, shout out Line 5, they, it, Daniel submitted their demo, and they were selected. They go kick-ass, because they were great musicians, but Stuff was really good. They they kicked ass. Inner Circle was not in the right, uh, shall we say, mindset to put on a show. <laughs> so they brought Line Five back up to headline it. Oh the wow! And, Are and, you and, like, serious? They killed it, and, and, and you know, so so that got. Wait, Inner you know, Circle didn't even play. From from what I remember, no. Oh, or wow. if they did, they came out and then just like play, and then they're like, "Yeah, no." They tried to do. They got into about thirty seconds of Bad Boys, train wrecked, and, and then had to go home. <laughs> and and, and I, honestly, because I'm not trying to like spread misinformation, but it, it was one of the two. I know that they did not complete their set, and I'm not sure they even started it. But I do know that Line Five they they closed out. They the did night. it. They That's did awesome. it. Uh, but you know, Daniel, um, they played at the Cradle. You know, they they. they Line caught fire five. for just a little bit, but they played at the cradle. Yeah. It's funny. I say it's funny. It what I mean, you know, it wasn't funny to him, but you know, I get a frantic phone call. Hey man, you got a guitar chord? Yeah. I'm getting ready to play at the cradle. Can I come pick it up? <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh. So, oh. He didn't have he needed a cable? Yeah. Daniel was he he was the best roommate ever. Like he, yeah. he was phenomenal. Um I but, just remember there was one night. Zach, I remember, you know, come by and stay at his place when I would stay in Chapel Hill, like for the weekend or to catch a show or something like that or whatever. And I remember one night, it was when he was rooming with, with Daniel, and we were just hanging out in the living room. And somehow or some another, he, you know, we were probably playing music or something. And he came in, he grabbed the guitar, and he just starts playing the the solo from Freebird, the Leonard Skinner song, like perfectly and just ripping into it. I'm just like watching him just like three feet away from him, just like, oh my God, this dude's like for real because we're trying to do our thing. And I'm like, hey, I'm playing guitar pretty good. And then he comes in and it's just like doing an eight minute solo. Like I quit, like, oh. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Zach, this guy was next level. And I, yeah, I do have to was. say, you know, I feel like I, I'm diving into my music teacher roots here. And so I apologize. And I don't mean to be like, I don't mean to go. I don't believe in talent. I mm. believe in hard work. Yeah. And I think that, you know, for some people, they have to work a little less hard than others to get to a certain level, whatever. The The one thing that makes me feel completely hypocritical about that statement is Mozart. If you look at Mozart in his young, young years, and I'm talking like toddler, like, like single digit. <laughs> The music he was writing is very much 
Mozart. It sounds like Mozart. So, you know, it makes me think like, okay, maybe I'm being, maybe there is such thing as talent. Maybe there is natural. That's a different discussion for a different time. But Daniel was the type that, I mean, he busted his tail in high school. He, he, he loved guitar. He loved to play. He got so into things. But, you know, when we were rooming together, and you guys know this, like when you connect with a roommate, when you connect with a college roommate, especially because, you know, you, you, you got this. I went potluck. I, I didn't know him before I got to Carolina. But, yeah. you know, we, we connected with certain things. We like chicken wings. We loved going to Ham's on Thursday night for Dollar Draft Night. And the chips the chips and ranch from Ham's was cool. so good. But, you know, like we, we roomed together throughout the entire undergrad. And you'd have your deep conversations like you do with a roommate. You, like with, you know, you're, you're coming of age. You're talking about life. You're looking at this next phase. Daniel would kind of half-jokingly say if he hit 30 and he wasn't a rock star, he was going to go country because that's where the money is. One, guys, one, one day, I, uh, this is the days before Metallica completely ruined Napster. This was the days of free sharing of music. And, and, and you know, you, you had this new inner web of stuff. We, you had the, the infrastructure was that you had a, an online drive that you could put whatever you want on there. And anybody, it was public. So anybody on that campus, you know, yeah. intranet could go get it. We picked up some uh, recording software. Thank you to whoever that was in uh, eHouse. Respect. Um, <laughs> Daniel, one morning's like, I want to skip class and write a symphony. I'm like, all right, dude, I'll see you later. I come back. In the evening, he's still in the same sofa chair. He's got that first movement. It's almost done. <laughs> and I'm listening to them, I'm like, this is actually pretty good, too. <laughs> like, yeah, he's one of those people, but like, phenomenal person, phenomenal musician. But uh, yeah, like, I, I, th I think kind of pulling this back to the cradle, and I, I think, you know, good music is good music, and good musicians, like, you know, there's people behind the music, and you know, when I when I go up and I you know in college I would watch Daniel play and he's not wearing shoes because that's just how he was used to playing you know he's in a great band now that that of course the pandemic has kind of paused all live music you know we haven't mentioned the cave the cave yeah. wow. is another like standard in Chapel Hill and you know I worry about these places because they're not getting right. patrons right now with the live music and the bar scene and all, like that was a place like they, they, they would let anybody that wanted to play. And I don't mean that to be a bad thing. You know, it's like people that are just trying to get their start, trying to get their foot in the door, trying to get their just toe in the door because they care about saying whatever they have to say. I, I hope that when this pandemic ends, when all is said and done, that there's still places that are left that you can do that. Whether it's bands, whether it's open mic night, whether it's a poetry slam, whether like what people should be coming out of this pandemic with a hell of a lot to say, yeah. and they're going to need venues to do it. Mm -hmm. And so there may be people out there that need to consider, hey, you need to maybe open a venue. Maybe maybe that restaurant you've been thinking about opening for the last 10, 15, 20 years. Do it and have an open mic night and let anybody come and say what they have to say because I want to know what comes out of this because we need to create more than ever right now. Well, Patrick, that was well said. Zach, thanks for joining us again. Thanks for having me. Yeah, th this is going to be a, a hopefully a, a continuing series. I'm just going to call it the In the Garage. But be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. us. Don't miss that episode. Give us a five-star rating. Twitter, at SCBoysPod. Instagram, at Stokes County Boys. You can email us at stokescountyboys at gmail.com. Let us know what you're thinking. Spotify playlist. If you type in Stokes County in Spotify, that massive app for music and podcasts, there's two things that are going to pop up. One thing is this particular podcast. The other thing is our playlist. So, and that's something. Uh, you can also support the show directly. Be like Jason and Robin. Be like Jason and Robin. Anchor.fm slash SC Boys slash support. We love you. Have a good night.